Chapter Nine of Pipefuls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Asterix. Pipefuls by Christopher Morley. Chapter Nine Idolatry. Once in a while, when the name of R. L. S. is mentioned in conversation, someone says to us, Ah, oh, well, you're one of the Stevenson idolaters, aren't you? And this is said with a curious air of cynical superiority, as of one who has experienced all these things, and is superbly tolerant of the shallow mind that can still admire Tusitala. His work, such people will generally tell you, was brilliant but artificial and for the true certificated milk of the word one must come along to such modern giants as dreiser and hergesheimer and cabell for these artists each in his due place we have only the most genial respect but when the passion of our youth is impugned as idolatry we feel in our spirit an intense weariness we feel the pacifism of the wise and secretive mind that remains tacit when its most perfect inward certainties are assailed one does not argue for there are certain things not arguable one shrugs after all what human gesture more eloquent or more satisfying to the performer than the shrug there is a little village on the skirts of the forest of fontainebleau heavenly region of springtime and romance where the crystal green eddies of the loing slip under an old grey bridge with sharp angled piers of stone near the bridge is a quiet little inn one of the many happy places in that country long frequented by artists for painting and villégiature behind the inn is a garden beside the river bank the salle à manger as in so many of those inns at barbizon moret and the other fontainebleau villages is panelled and frescoed with humorous and high-spirited impromptus done by visiting painters in the summer of eighteen seventy six an anxious rumour passed among the artist colonies it was said that an american lady and her two children had arrived at grey and the young bohemians who regarded this region as their own sacred retreat were startled and alarmed were their chosen haunts to be invaded by tourists and tourists of the disturbing sex among three happy irresponsibles this humorous anxiety was particularly acute one of the trio was sent over to grey as a scout to spy out the situation and report the emissary went and failed to return a second explorer was dispatched to study the problem he too was swallowed up in silence the third impatiently waiting tidings from his faithless friends set out to make an end of this mystery he reached the inn at dusk it was a gentle summer evening the windows were open to the tender air lamps were lit within and a merry party sat at dinner through the open window the suspicious venturer saw the recreant ambassadors gay with laughter and there sitting in the lamplight was the american lady a slender thoughtful 
enchantress with eyes as dark and glowing as the wine thus it was that robert louis stevenson first saw fanny osborne a few days later mrs osborne's eighteen-year-old daughter isabel wrote in a letter there is a young scotchman here a mr stevenson he is such a nice-looking ugly man and i would rather listen to him talk than read the most interesting book mamma is ever so much better and is getting prettier every day the life of mrs robert louis stevenson written by her sister mrs sanchez the mother of little louis sanchez on the beach at monterey remembered by lovers of a child's garden of verses is a book that none of the so-called idolaters will want to overlook the romantic excitements of r l s s youth were tame indeed compared to those of fanny van der grift r l s had been thrilled enough by a few nights spent in the dark with the docile ass of the cevennes but here was one sprung from sober philadelphia blood born in indianapolis and baptized by henry ward beecher who had pioneered across the fabled isthmus lived in the roaring mining camps of nevada worked for a dressmaker in frisco and venturously taken her young children to belgium and france to study art she had been married at seventeen had already once thought herself to be a widow in fact by the temporary disappearance of her first husband and was now after enduring repeated infidelities prepared to make herself a widow in law daring horsewoman a good shot a supreme cook artist writer and a very jean stratton porter among flowers fearless beautiful and of unique charm where could another woman have been found so marvellously gifted to be the wife of a romancer it seems odd that philadelphia and edinburgh the two most conservatively minded cities of the anglo-saxon earth should have combined to produce this the most radiant pair of adventurers in our recent annals the reading of this delightful book has taken us back into the very pang and felicity of our first great passion our idolatry if you will which we are proud here and now to re-avow when was there ever a happier or more wholesome worship for a boy than the stevenson mania on which so many of this generation grew up we were the luckier in that our zeal was shared in all its gusto and particularity by a lean long-legged sallow-faced brown-eyed eccentric himself incredibly stevensonian in appearance with whom we lay afield in our later teens reading r l s aloud by the banks of a small stream which we vowed should become famous in the world of letters and so it has though not by our efforts which was what we had designed for at the crystal headwater of that same creek was penned the amenities of book collecting that enchanting volume of bookish essays which has swelled the correspondence of a philadelphia business man to insane proportions and even brought him offers from three newspapers to conduct a book page it seems appropriate to the present chronicler that in a quiet library overlooking the clear fount and origin of dear darby creek 
there are several of the most cherished association volumes of r l s we think particularly of the child's garden of verses which he gave to cummy and the manuscript of little smoothie's very first book the history of moses was there ever a more joyous covenant of affection than that of mifflin mcgill and ourself in our boyish madness for tusitala it is a happy circumstance we say for a youth before the multiplying responsibilities of maturity press upon him to pour out his enthusiasm in an obsession such as that and when this passion can be shared and doubled and knitted in partnership with an equally freakish insane and innocent idiot such as our generously mad friend mifflin admirable adventures are sure to follow the quest begun on darby creek took us later on an all-summer progress among places in england and scotland hallowed to us by association with r l s never in any young lives past or to come could there be an instant of purer excitement and glory than when after bicycling hotly all day with the blue outline of arthur's seat apparently always receding before us we trundled grimly into old reeky and set out for the old stevenson home at seventeen heriot row halting only to bestow our pneumatic steeds in the nearest and humblest available hostelry there for we found the house empty and too let we sat on the doorstep evening by evening smoking in the long northern twilight and spinning our youthful dreams this lust for hunting out our favourite author's footsteps even led one of the pair to a place perhaps never visited by any other stevensonian pilgrim old cockfield rectory in suffolk where mrs sitwell and sydney colvin first met the bright-eyed scotch boy in eighteen seventy three the tracker of footprints remembers how kind were the then occupants of the old rectory and how in a daze of awe he trod the green and tranquil lawn and hastened to visit a cottage near by where there was an ancient rustic who had been coachman at the rectory when r l s stayed there fabled to retain some pithy recollection alas the suffolk ancient eager enough to share tobacco and speech would only mull over his memories of a previous rector describing how it had fallen to him to prepare the good man for burial how he smiled in death and his cheeks were as rosy as a babe's it would take many pages to narrate all the bypaths and happy excursions trod by these simple youths in their quest of the immortal louis the memories come bustling and one knows not where to stop the supreme adventure for one of the pair lay in the kindness of sir sidney colvin to this prince of gentlemen and scholars one of these lads wrote sending his letter with subtle cunning from a village in suffolk only a few miles from sir sidney's boyhood home he calculated that this might arouse the interest of sir sidney whom he knew to be cruelly badgered with letters from enthusiasts and fortune turned in his favour granting him numerous ecstatic visits to sir sidney and lady colvin and much unwarranted generosity 
but since our mind has been turned in this direction by mrs sanchez's book it might be appropriate to add that one of the most thrilling moments on the crusade was a season of april days spent beside the green and stripling loin in the forest of fontainebleau region visiting those lovely french villages where r l s roamed as a young man crowned by an afternoon at grey one remembers the old grey bridge across the eddying water and the door of the inn where the young pilgrim lingered trying to visualize scenes of thirty-five years before it is not mere idolatry when the hearts of the young are haunted by such spells there was some real divinity behind the enchantment some marvellous essence that made all roads to zitala trod the road of loving hearts in these matters we would trust the simple samoans to come nearer the truth than our cynic friend in greenwich village the magic of that great name abides unimpaired End of chapter 9